You ready for the word today? Um, I uh, we just finished a series called "The Art of Love," uh, but this focus that we've had. Hey, Kendall, good to see you home from Lee. Hi, <laughs> she's home. Been away to Lee University. He's good. It's spring break, right? Whoop whoop! Yay! Good to see you. All right. So. All right, back to the sermon. Uh, we are. Um, we just finished this teaching on, uh, uh, on the art of love, and I think I have experienced from you some movement in your own hearts. I cannot escape the constant testimonies that I'm hearing right now of what these teachings are doing for you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled, I'm excited. Uh, in your homes and your families. We talked a, a great deal about marriage. I don't think you can do church without talking about marriage, uh, but uh, how many single folks do I have in the house? Where are my single folks? Look, look around, a lot of single folks. And uh, uh, there, uh, of those of you, some of you are single for various reasons, some by choice, uh, some uh, by pain <laughs> uh, and, and difficulty. Some of you are single, and uh, you're lifting your hand right now saying, hey, hey, I'm single. No. <laughs> nice. And that's good, too. Uh, anybody married in the house? We're, we're married folk. A lot of married folk in the house. Uh, whoop, whoop. Thank you, dear. Dinah. Uh, some of you are engaged. Got any engaged people in the room? What? What? <laughs> And you're married. That's pretty wild. I don't know. We'll talk about that. It's just like, like she's my, my wife, my girlfriend, my fiance. She's all that. Yeah. Yes. Well done. All right. So uh, I did a wedding yesterday evening at a beautiful uh, wedding. Uh, even that particular wedding had something to do with what God has been doing over these last couple of months. Uh, and so uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled uh, about this. But also the testimonies that I've heard. Uh, I heard testimonies coming in this, t- this morning. Uh, people regarding their marriage, regarding their home. Uh, I dealt with anger last Sunday. And uh, if you didn't get that message, you ought to go back and listen to it. You ought to, you ought to just go back and listen to it sometime. Uh, I, we, we walked through it. I, I dealt with it uh, uh, with people... Uh, on the phone, I, I, in traveling, and my phone was ringing and texting. It's amazing. Sometimes you lose connection when you're driving through West Virginia. How many know that? You know. So, uh, but uh, just tremendous testimonies of God's grace and expectation. Uh, we got back even last night. We were trying to catch up on all the phone calls that we had received this week and trying to make appointments with people that were in need. Uh, Wanting to work through, one of the things that we're learning is that, that God, here, here's the deal. When it comes to marriage, if you two want to seek God, there's a 100% chance that you're going to make it. If you want to take God's word and place that uh, as priority in your life, if you want to receive, the, the, if you want to let, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, if you'll accept some guidance, 100% chance. Somebody shout praise God right now. That's not the cultural uh, message. Uh, 
All we hear is marriage is hard work. Okay? Well, yeah, lots of things are hard work. Okay? Lots of things are. But uh, in, in your, your family, raising your children, uh, raising, how many would like to be successful just raising kids? Would you like to be that? I'm going to give you a 100% success rate if you'll just follow God's word. I'm, I'm not getting the amens I wanted, but some of the teaching that, that we'll continue to give through this year and in the future, the Lord's put some things in my heart to add to the ministries of this church. I haven't talked to anybody but my wife about them, but uh, I am anticipating massive victory. Anybody ever felt overrun by the enemy before? Anybody felt like, oh, greater are those against us than for us? I'm telling you, he is still greater than those who are against you. Greater than those who are against you. So, uh, I, uh, we're going to be focusing, uh, of course, reaching every family. We're focusing heavily on that as we move toward the resurrection season, but... During this message, I'm going to be talking about empowering you. I want to empower you to rise up and be powerful men and women of God. Uh, I want to empower you as matriarchs and patriarchs. Uh, I was hearing about a grandfather that had passed away today. He says, I won't embarrass you right now, but our hearts are with you. How many know grief can be tough? Anybody know that? And... uh, I know as we were, as we were coming home, uh, we did not travel through Ohio, and it's been kind of odd for us because Ohio is, you know, I still have my father that lives there and, and brothers who live there, but uh, usually Ohio, we stop, make a phone call to Diana's dad. We went by that and just kind of hit, right? Anybody know that? It's that dig on the way home. We went all the way to Kentucky and all the way back and didn't go see your dad, and, you know, he passed last August the 1st. And that's kind of odd. It's still ringing up here quite a bit on my mic, if you can help me out a little bit. Uh, but, uh, but the reason is we kind of had that missing patriarch. Uh, aren't, you, aren't you glad? Have you ever had somebody that left and felt, wow, that's just a huge loss? Great victory for the kingdom of God. Huge loss in our lives because you have these people that are like, massive in your home, massive in your life, and they help give you solid foundation. That's how Diana's daddy is. That's how Grandpa was, you know? That's those particular individuals. Uh, So here's the deal. I want you to rise up and be spectacular. (laughs) I want your life to be so awesome that thousands of people are born into the kingdom because of you. That's what I want. I want your family, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-greats to still be remembering you when you're gone. Uh, And I think there should be like, what? What's going on? They're gone? Yes, they're gone. Now, we have to fill those spaces. We're also looking towards Easter. So... um, uh, I, I want to deal with that as well. But my, my teaching today is called All In, and that's going to be our series, All In. Somebody shout, All In. I said that, and all you can think of is poker, okay? I know, but uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're not passing out cards and chips today, all right? 
All in, the promise for you and your children, for, read that, Acts 2.39. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that. Let me just quickly speak to Easter Sunday, which is just four weeks away. Uh, Easter Sunday being four weeks away, uh, it's a day of momentum for us. Uh, Easter Sunday is April the 1st, 2018. Praise God. And uh, on that, we're calling it Easter Sunday Family Reunion. Uh, that means uh, freedom is a great family. Amen? And so we're all going to get together, right? We're all going to be here. We're going to be together. I didn't get the amen. I wanted to. We're all going to be here. Amen? Uh, bring my family in, making sure that uh, Felicia and Lauren and Malachi will be here with us. Uh, singing and whatever else I have Malachi do, I don't know what it'll be, but uh, that's going to be exciting for my family. I want us to be together as a family, but I want your family to all be here. How many are going to work with me on this? You say, well, I don't have too many. Well, you two be here then, or you be here, and you can be a part of my family. Here's what I want. Not only do I want you to all be here, but I want you to, to bring as many family members together after service, I want you guys to either go home, plan to go to somebody's house, make a big deal out of Resurrection Sunday this year. Okay? Uh, and uh, there are some people that are in the room right now saying, Pastor, that doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. All right? How many, there's, it's just you. Is there anybody that it's just you? Just you? See, look, just you. No, look, no longer because you just got adopted. All right? So you're going to be a part of somebody else's gathering. Is that okay? All right. Uh, and uh, because we're all family, we don't want this to be like, you know, like Valentine's Day when, you know, I don't have nobody. You know, I, I don't want that. I, I want you to know that we're all a part of family. So we're going to focus on this. We're going to get momentum. Uh, I want to draw from the tradition of Easter Sunday. And I, I also want you to, here's, here's where I'm going even with this teaching today. I want you to regain momentum that you lost in your family. Anybody ever had, you know what I'm talking about? You ever get like, ah, oh, my family, eh, you know? I want you to regain momentum where you have expectations of spectacular things that are going to happen in your home. Specifically, I want you to regain spiritual momentum. Is that all right? I want you to regain Let's say it. I'm going to regain my spiritual momentum in my family. Say it. I'm going to regain spiritual momentum in my family. All right? So we're going to talk during this month about being all in. Here's the reality. After Jesus was before Jesus was crucified and resurrected, uh, he spoke to his disciples uh, about something that was going to happen that would be powerful. And then Peter, who is uh, that outspoken disciple, now filled with the Holy Spirit, preaches this amazing sermon. And people from every nation known at that particular time show up, Jews, come home. And Acts 2, they all come home at this season called Pentecost. And Peter preaches this powerful sermon uh, about who Jesus is and that he has died and that uh, he raised from the dead. And they he told them this. He said, this Jesus who you crucified is now Lord in Christ. And 
So the people are cut to the heart because, oh, look what I've done with Jesus. How many have ever felt badly about what you've done with Jesus? Anybody ever felt like that? Felt badly about what you did with Jesus? You say, well, I didn't crucify him. I know, but you ignored him. Uh, I didn't crucify him, but I didn't serve him. I didn't crucify him, but I haven't told anybody about him. I didn't crucify him, but I didn't invite his spirit into my life. I, I haven't crucified him, but I ain't read his book like, you know, in a year or so or ever. I, I'm not trying to pass guilt at you. I'm just saying that when Peter preached, there was a massive response by the people. They were cut to the heart. What? We allowed the Messiah to be crucified? What do we do now? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Read this with me. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is a, this is a powerful moment. The what shall we do response of Peter is powerful. It's by the Holy Spirit. And uh, out of this, we have... 3,000, talk about momentum, 3,000 people that are added to the church. Uh, it may have been literally more than that. It might have been 3,000 families that were added to the church. They had this massive baptism. I'm thinking Easter Sunday right now. How many would see, like to see not only an outpouring of God's spirit on Easter Sunday where people come to Christ? Momentum gained in your family. But what do you say after that, we all go, we find a place sometime, you know, a month or so afterwards and go have a massive family baptism. How would you like to baptize, say, like 100, 200, 500 people one day? Anybody want to join me with this? I mean, we could take it like on a Sunday afternoon down at the beach or something or go out to First Landing Park or something. I'm feeling good. Anybody else feeling good? I mean, anybody, you've got to visualize this. Go ahead, visualize this. Some people say, Pastor, you're just asking for more. Well, no, I'm just reading the Word of God. I'm saying if we could gain momentum, and I need to empower you, because if I don't empower you, then we're, you, you can reach family. You can reach neighbors. You can reach folk. How many have some people that are not necessarily blood relatives, but they're your family? Anybody got that? So you're going to go after them. You're going to bring them to the house we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to turn the tide in your family. Amen. Praise God. How many will pray and fast during the season, this Lent season, for this? So uh, I, don't, I don't want to move to Easter, however, with just the expectation of a big crowd. I want Easter this year to be a game changer. That's what I want. I don't, I mean, what if we all just come to church and look good on Easter? Eh, you know, Really? Why don't we just have parking problems? That's all we do. I mean, really, isn't that... I mean, there's other things we could do for Resurrection Sunday than just come and look at each other. Uh, I don't care. Tell them. Tell them. Make sure you tell them. Don't matter how you dress. But, you know, if you all want to dress up, praise God. I mean, no freedom. It doesn't matter, okay? Just come. Come as you are. Don't have to spend a lot of money. Just come. We'll, we'll pack people in and uh, impact the kingdom of God. So... I want this to be a game changer. Everybody shout, all in. All in. Get, in your, get in your head, all in. All I'm getting my family all in. We're going to change things in our homes. Um, and I, I want to be very clear about this. Because when I say we're going to see families born in the kingdom of God, when I say marriages are going to be healed, thank you, Father. 
When I say fathers and mothers are going to be restored to their children, when I say that single parents are going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that they don't feel as if they are uh, half a family, anybody get what I'm saying? When I say these things, uh, I'm telling you that this is a must. Uh, Some scripture that you may know about, uh, 2 Timothy 3, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be selfish, self-lovers, <laughs> lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. So in other words, when he's saying have nothing to do with him, he's, saying, he's not saying don't talk with him. He's saying don't buy into that. That's what he's saying. You understand? So how many could see these particular things going on in our culture? Anybody? I mean, if I had to ask you to speak to it, how many could speak to these things right now? You could say, well, let me give you some examples. I mean, never have we had, uh, a, I mean, how many know the flu has been bad this year? Not as bad as selfishness. All right, really. I mean, if there was like uh, a, a shot you could take that, to be vaccinated against selfishness, and and uh, I mean that's what a lot of that is. All about me, lovers of themselves. You know, I just want to be the best me I can be. No, I want to be the best me that Jesus wants me to be. Amen. All right, I, I I need to get this and uh, out of control. How many could say out of control is a good? That's a good statement for what's going on. <laughs> this place is out of control. Sometimes you love that. But uh, anyway, that's, it's just saying that in the first statement, of, uh, what Paul's saying to Timothy is there will be terrible times in the last days. And these are, I mean, we're saying terrible times. What? There's going to be an economic failure. What? What? Stock market's going to crash? No, no. Anyway, terrible times. And because people are going to love themselves more than each other. They're going to be more... So that's, that's really the bad stuff. It's just the spirit of it all. But these are marks of last days. How many know Jesus is coming back? There's a, there's a, the, the problem is also indicated in Matthew 25, where Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Uh, he will put the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. And the king will come and say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance of the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. How many want to hear that? Anybody? How many like to get a good well done? You know, like a high five from Jesus. Yes! Well done, son! You know, I want the well done. Who else wants the well done? Now, how many want the half done? If I can just make it in. Lord, I'm here. I know I didn't do much. No. I want the well done. Somebody shout it. Well done. And again, in the same scripture, he uses a lot of illustrations that are just the same as Paul gives. You know, know, how did we make it? You know, because, you know, I was sick and you you came and visited me. I was in prison. He goes through all these things. But it's still that same Timothy spirit because believers are individuals that take care of one another, who love one another, that are family. Do you get that? How many believe that's what we're supposed to be? Because when I tell you that we're family, we've got to get better at this. 
In Matthew 25 and verse 41, though, he says, Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Has anybody ever read that scripture before? How many believe that, that, that Jesus wasn't kidding? And Jesus said, uh, Now depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Got ya! Just kidding. That's, how, that's what Jesus really meant. Nah! Nah! Just kidding. Some guy wrote a book on that, tried to erase that whole passage. You know? You know? Yeah, Rob Bell. Yeah. Anyway, it was a lie. You can't, you can't just scribble all of that. How many know it's serious what we're talking about? When I say all in, people say, well, he's just trying to get a crowd and get more offerings. You know me a lot better than that. I've been here too long for you to believe that kind of junk. You know we're trying to populate heaven, and we're trying to erase hell by erasing those who might end up there. Play with me. So, uh, and, and this is not, even in Matthew 25, this is not a work statement. You know, you know I was in prison and hungry and cold. He's not saying, if, you know, because you visited people, you get to go to heaven. That's not what he's saying. How many know we get to go to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ? And when we're saved, we are moved to good works, right? That's, that's the teaching. So, but, but how do we get to a place where we bring our children into a world with the expectation that they may or may not end up in the heavenly kingdom and that's okay? How do we end up living carelessly and selfishly and broken? I, I haven't mentioned it in purposefully. I've just kind of let this, you know, I just wanted to wait a couple of weeks uh, with that Parkland, Florida disaster, you know, that, that young man, 19 years old, who went in and shot those 17 kids. How many have read these stories? And, and just letting it go and hearing it. I, I, um, there are so many stories about that that continue to come out. And it's sad enough that there are 17 that, that, that were lost. Uh, I just pray that they knew the Lord Jesus and that God leverages that for the kingdom of God. How many believe that he can do that? I, I am brokenhearted also for the 19-year-old boy that did the, the deed. I'm brokenhearted that he was abandoned at three days old by drug addict parents. I am brokenhearted that then as he, I was thankful that he was adopted, but then he carried that brokenness into his life I'm brokenhearted that his mother and his father both died. I, I, that all breaks me. I, I am brokenhearted that no one ever got to him, that he never got the healing that he needed. You see, for me, I want to reach that boy. Anybody with me on this? I want to stop the violence, right? I want to stop that. I want that violence, but I know that I'm in this broken world. The answer to the brokenness, the answer to the death, the answer to the destruction is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is that good news. It's when we stop avoiding, when we, when we finally say, I'm not going to just act like my neighbor isn't home. Amen. We live in a massively broken world, and only Jesus is the answer for this. So, you know, so I'm saying all in. Somebody shout all in. All in. The promise. Somebody shout promise. Our children are promised. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off. He's speaking of Gentiles. People who are pagans. People who are so far away. All who are far off. How many know the Lord is calling everybody to come home? Anybody know that? 
I, uh, when I was thinking about the brokenness, though, how many know that brokenness is not selective? That he will try to get people in your house. Right? So, um, you know, we love Jesus. Ain't nothing going to ever come in our house. <laughs> Quit. Uh, I, I watched in depth the funeral of my beloved Billy Graham. And I was moved by so many things. If you did not watch it, go to YouTube and just watch it. It will bless your heart. The music was nostalgic to me, you know. I thought Michael W. Smith would not make it through his song, you know. And when Bill Gaither got up to sing with the Gaither vocal band, I was, yoo-hoo, you know. How many know the song, Because He Lives? Anybody know that? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I was singing that when it was new. And... Uh, But uh, when Ruth Graham got up to talk, his daughter, and they all had like three minutes, uh, but when she began to tell, and she talked about her brokenness and her pain, and how that she had embarrassed, you know, it felt like an embarrassment to Billy Graham and Billy Graham Ministries, how that she had had one marriage broken, and then she quickly rushed into another one. It's like she just decided against her father and mother's direction, against her children's direction, and knew within 24 hours it was over, and was just broken in so many ways, and been rebellious. And I, I just, just listen to how she, she shows up finally to see her dad. Turn that up. Praise God. And you know, my father was not God. But he showed me what God was like that day. Mm. When we come to God with our sin, our brokenness, our failure, Praise Jesus. our pain and our hurt, God says, welcome home. And that invitation is open for you. Listen, how much you preach or teach or travel if the message doesn't come home. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter how much you preach or teach or travel. It doesn't matter how many bumper stickers you have in your car or how many CDs you've listened to, how much praise and worship. doesn't matter if it doesn't come home. Listen, it's the same for all of us. Whether you're Billy Graham or Billy Joel. It doesn't matter. You need Jesus in your house. We need to embrace God's promise and bring all of our children. And we need to bring, come on, say it with me, bring our faith home. But this is only accomplished 
by the power. Did anybody here feel, almost feel? Could you almost feel that when she said it? Could you almost feel it? How many could almost feel that? How many wanted Billy Graham to come up and give you a hug? Anybody want that? How many have ever felt broken and, and ashamed? Wave at me. Anybody felt ashamed and broken like you had blown, blown it and you didn't want anybody? And did anybody have this experience where you met somebody that knew your stuff and hugged you anyway? I want to tell you what you felt when I told you that and when you listened to that. What you felt was the Spirit of God. And I want to talk to you the next five minutes about the Spirit of the family. When Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Can you imagine this? You'll receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, this gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. How does God do the calling? Through the Holy Spirit. Here's the promise. You say, well, how am I going to get this? Gift of the Holy Spirit. And here's, I, I, was, I was looking at this, and here's what I, I, I determined. We, we get all mixed up today. Because what we'll do seasonally is we'll talk about the life of Christ in the month of March. And then we'll talk about the resurrection on April the 1st. And then... Uh, we'll talk about 40 days later, 50 days later, excuse me, we'll talk about the day of Pentecost. Listen, we need Holy Spirit right now. We don't need to wait until after Easter. We need the Holy Spirit. How many need this? I need the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the family to show up in my house. I need my marriage restored, my home restored, my children restored, my parents restored, relationship restored, the anger destroyed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So no matter what your circumstances, I want you to know that you can overcome whatever your past is, you, listen, you can overcome, but you can't victoriously manage your life and your home without the Holy Spirit. You are not smart enough. There's not a counselor that's good enough. There's not. How many ever had a flat tire before? Anybody? Uh, it's been a while, but uh, I had a flat tire uh, some years ago driving on Oceana Boulevard on my way to church on a Sunday morning. It was not a good day. And how many, come on, just let me look at your face right now. I want to see the look on your face when you realize it's a flat. Let me see it. Look at it. Show it to somebody. Come on. Great. All right. Now, don't use the language that you would use, but how many know a flat tire? How many know how you get a flat tire? Roofer's nails. How many have had a roofer nail in your tire before? All right. Okay. Me too. I mean, it's almost like if you get your roof worked on or get your roof, and I had a, a roof put on my house this past year, it's like, expect it, you're going to get, okay? They'll run around with the magnets, and if you're roofers, I love you, but you need to work harder on that, okay? Anyway, <laughs> so they've got these ways to fix it, but there's always kinds of things. If you park on the edge of the street, you know, that area right there on the curb, it catches stuff like that. Uh, I had some large, recently I had a large rivet of some kind stuck in my tire. How, do, well, how did I get that? I mean, how, does it, how do I drive down the road and somehow I just hit it just right and it pops and go, how does that happen? I, I don't get that. All I know is that I had a leak in my tire and I was frustrated about it and I, and I went and 
got it fixed. And there is this new stuff out called Fix-A-Flat. How many have ever heard of Fix-A-Flat? Somebody praise God for Fix-A-Flat, all right? How many have ever used a Fix-A-Flat and it didn't work before? Wave at me if it did not. Look at that, all right? So Fix-A-Flat is not good enough. The tire is going to have to be properly repaired. And if you get a nail outside of that tread on the, on the sidewall, you're going to have to replace the tire. Somebody shout amen. What, I, what I'm telling you is that if, you, if you've ever had a flat, first of all, I want you to know that in your angry moments, in your angry moments, your children are watching you. They will watch you when you don't want them to watch you. And then they will do something else. They will emulate you. They will. I taught you about anger last week. And just so you know, if you have children in your house, they're growing up to avoid conflict just like you do. Or they're growing up in rage and they don't even know why they have rage. Why are they kicking everything around the house and screaming? Why are do, they doing that? They found that somewhere. All right, now I'm not putting shame on you. I'm saying we just all need to get back in. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. We desperately need His Spirit. Some, some things you have, uh, some things you need to know. I, I was, uh, statistics are teaching us. How many know statistics can really be nasty? Anybody know that? Uh, I, I've talked a lot about marriage, but I, I've heard over and over this truth, and that is that marriage is of God. Anybody believe that marriage is supposed to be of God? Yes. And uh, in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 11, uh, the Bible says, Judah, God says, Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution which he loves. He has married the daughter of a foreign god. Now, that sounds really awkward, doesn't it? I didn't know the foreign gods had daughters. Well, you are the child of whatever you worship. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm saying that to tell you that, uh, like I told you, it is a possibility to have a 100% chance of success in your marriage, but not when you're worshiping foreign gods. God created the family before there was a church, before there was a government, and he intended it to be a holy thing. I... I tell you that here because some of us don't know why we have that big old nasty thing hanging out of our flat tire. I mean, it's one thing for me to run over something. It's something else entirely for me to go out there and stick a screwdriver in my own tire. So when I tell you to get all in, I want you to fix some stuff. I want you to invite the Holy Spirit. I believe he's after your, your husband or your wife. I believe he's after that. But some of you are at a different place in your life. Don't sabotage God's good plan for your life. Tell that to your children sometime. Don't sabotage it. Uh, because these things are supposed to be holy. Uh, for, for, for years, you know, things have, have been broken in homes. And I don't want to spend all my time talking on a marriage right now, but uh, how many know that if you're in a marriage, God's plan is for the two to be one? Yeah. Right? Say two. two. Become. One. All right? That's, uh, that's the word of God. Matthew 10, 
Uh, verse 6, Jesus said this. He, goes, he, he quotes Genesis. He says, this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Okay? Uh, and so there are, there are no longer two but one flesh. So you need to understand this. Say, I need the Holy Spirit. Say it. I need Holy Spirit in my home, in my marriage. Okay? Because here's the math. All right? Two plus one equals one. All right? Somebody say it. Two plus one equals one. All right? I got a slide up there somewhere that says that. Two plus one equals one. How many know that's not good math? Okay, here's the deal. Two plus one when one is the Holy Spirit equals one. Two minus one equals two. Two minus the Holy Spirit equals two. You say, why can't, why can't we get it together in our house? Because we have subtracted the Holy Spirit from the equation. And now we can't even pray together. Somebody shout amen. You understand that? We can't even seek God. All right, we talk about going to church, and it's just like, I ain't going to that church. That Pastor Rick, he just goes on and on. I don't like that. Two plus. I don't know what's wrong with me, but. Two plus one equals one, but two minus one. You lost Holy Spirit from your house. Now this engages in your children. You say, well, that doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. Because you don't have unity in your house with your children, with others. Because when you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're just going to continue to struggle. You can't enjoy generational promises without the Holy Spirit. Uh, I tell you about the four foundational needs from... Uh, uh, I went uh, several... Last January to a conference with Jimmy Evans. and uh, He was talking about the four foundational needs... Acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. If you never wrote those down, these are foundational needs. Everybody needs acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. I'm not going to re-preach that. Uh, you can re-preach that to somebody else. But here's the point, and that is that you cannot get that from a person. Okay? Now, you have some acceptance. You have some identity. You have some security. You have some purpose. You have a, a semblance of that. You've got to get that from God. If you don't get that from God, you're going to try to get that from your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad, and you're going to be miserable. Listen, you need the Holy Spirit in your life because, you know, I might be a really good pastor, but I cannot be your Jesus. You're going to have to have a relationship with God. You're go you say, well, you know, we don't ever pray in my house. I know you don't, and that's part of the misery. You've got to learn to say, do this. Come, Holy Spirit. Say it. Come, Holy Spirit. You've got to get serious about welcoming the Holy Spirit into your home. My wife and I had to throw our old candle away because we prayed too much. And it went all the way through. There's no more wick. We had to get a brand new candle. I said, baby, what'd you do with that old candle? She said, I threw it away. I kind of wanted to hoard that candle. Just look at the depth of it. God wants to take you deeper. Come on, brother, sister. You say, my brother and I, we just hate one another. That's because you can't get Holy Spirit into your relationship. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the family. Say it. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the family. You see, I've been teaching you about agape. Somebody shout agape. agape. Which is the love of God. Right? 
And some of you say, how many have ever said, I just don't feel love? Anybody felt like that? I just, you know, I just don't love. Anybody ever told you, I just, not, I just don't love you anymore? All right? Now, here's the problem. You see, the love isn't something. Love is someone. I'm going to tell you again. Love isn't something. Love is someone. It's in 1 John chapter 4, 15. Uh, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is, say it, God is, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him, okay? So you're saying, well, I, I just don't feel, I just don't feel love in this relationship right now. I just, you know, listen. If you get God inside of you, then love is in you. And then not only are you in love, but you are in God. So I'm just not in love anymore. What? You expelled God from your life? Listen, how many have loved people that were not that lovable before? Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever served somebody that you did not believe they deserved to be served? Anybody done that? And what causes you to do that? The love of God that's inside of us compels us, constrains us, moves us to serve when we don't feel like serving. Some of you ain't getting this. Some of you are like, Pastor, please don't talk to me about love anymore. That's the message. It's the message. It's what it is. Human love is a mess. How many know human love is a mess? Anybody heard of the Me Too movement right now? Anybody heard of that? Let me explain that to you. I'm going to explain it to you. Human love is predatorial. Just suck that in for a moment. Without God, we're predatorial. We're trying to get what we can get from one another. That's why when you have a baby girl comes into your house and you're a daddy, you just want to stand up and say, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and buy a shotgun. Put a note on the front door. And you know why? You know why you do that? Because you know what you used to be. You know. You know the truth. You remember when you were spying people, Woo, baby. You know, that's what it was about. It was only about attraction. And then attraction, you know, I, I, did, I did that little wedding yesterday. I, I was up here doing a wedding. I thought, I have been preaching about weddings and marriage and family for all this month. I was ready to do a wedding. I could have preached all day to that couple, but I got them on out the door. The reason I'm telling you this is because love in our culture is on, is on so many levels abusive and manipulative. If you love me, you'll do this. That's why, that's, that's why we have to make stands. God's love, I taught you this two weeks ago, God's love is covenant love. All right, how many have ever heard this? All you need is love. All you need is God's love. You need the Holy Spirit. And when we have His Spirit, we receive things like the, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness. And, and talk about acceptance and security. Anybody heard this? Hebrews 13, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, you may leave me, but God's not leaving me. And, and, and that, that's why God instituted marriage in Genesis chapter 2. He said, the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And what did he do? And the man became a living being. Some people think God gave the man CPR. 
No. No. Do you think, do you see any place else where God says, oh, I created a dog? No, God doesn't do that. How many know what the breath of heaven is? Anybody know what the breath of God is? It's his spirit. All right? When the Holy Spirit came, they said they heard a sound like a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were. Whoa! Somebody shout, I need the Holy Spirit. When man sinned, when man sinned, creation and culture was lost because man died spiritually. Relationships died. That's why we end up at Noah with Noah in the ark. And people are just a mess. That's why the Bible says as it was in the days of Noah, we have people that don't want the Holy Spirit and reject his spirit. So Jesus says to his disciples, because he wants to make sure they're cool, he says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. In verse 16 and 17 of chapter 14, he says, I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper, comforter, that he may abide with you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. The spirit of the family is what? The Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you again. The spirit of the family is what? The Holy Spirit. So... Here's what you get with the Holy Spirit. How many, you're going to need some of these things. You get unity. How many need unity in your family? How many know Satan loves your dissension? If there's dissension in your home, who's there? Satan's there, right? There is dissension in this family. Who's there? The devil's there. If Holy Spirit is there, what comes? Unity. You say, man, we're struggling right now. Have you ever been in a struggle, in a conflict? Say, hey, let's just sit down and let's pray for a moment, and then we'll work through this. Are you kidding? Prayers for church and before meals on occasion. That's sarcasm. Satan loves dissension. All right? Ephesians 4, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love and daring to keep the unity of the Spirit. unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Uh, Comfort. I just gave you John 14. He says, I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper. How many have ever read that? He will give you another comforter. Anybody heard that? The word is azir. I love that. Provider of everything lacking. How many love the fact, is anybody married to a woman and you're just really thankful besides me? Where are the men that married over their heads like I did? Anybody like me? I mean, I outkicked my coverage. I'm telling you. Preach, pastor. I love the idea that the word helper is translated azer, which means provider of everything lacking. I, needed to, I need to be married to that woman over there. How many have, know that I need to be married to Diana desperately? Anybody know that? There are things that are lacking in my life, but she cannot give me everything I need. I need Holy Spirit in my life. Uh, let me keep reading. Spiritual grace. I'm just talking about grace. Grace. You receive power and the Holy Spirit come upon you. How many need His Spirit in your life? Anybody? How many need His Spirit? So the, we're going to have the Spirit of God by grace. Emotional grace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. How many ever get emotionally a mess? Anybody? Wave at me if you've ever been emotionally a mess in the last week, yesterday, okay, today. All right? Wave at me. There you are. I mean, I need love and joy and peace. That all comes from the Holy Spirit. How many have been to Take Five? It's the place where you get your oil changed around the corner here. Wave at me. 
You know, how many know you need oil in your engine? Because if you don't put oil in your engine, what will happen? And oil is also a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I would blow up. Physical grace. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you, give life to you, their mortal bodies through his spirit. I've never used it this way, but I'm going to tell you this. If the Holy Spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, what can he do about your physical ailments? Mental grace. When the, he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. How many have ever felt like... You could not figure it out. You need the Holy Spirit. He will help you with this. And vision and supernatural guidance. And it shall come to pass in the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That's everybody in the family, isn't it? Grandparents. Grandma, grandpa. Dad, mom. The kids. My evil days and they will prophesy. I am fully dependent Stand with me. I'm done preaching. Stand with me. I am fully dependent, and I have learned. Get this. If, especially if you're young, you need to hear an old guy say this. Here's what I have learned. And I'm not just talking about in order to preach. I'm talking about in order to breathe. I have learned that I desperately. Hear me in the back. Hear me in, everywhere. Listen. I desperately need the Holy Spirit. Don't get confused. I felt the Holy Spirit at church today. I want you. To, I, how many love it when we just experience the Holy Spirit in worship? You love that? But if he doesn't go home with you. I have felt the Holy Spirit this week. Diane and I, we, were just, we, we had a long drive. You know, driving from Kentucky to Virginia Beach is a long trip. And as we're driving, as we're taking the trip, we just we, we had a book we were listening to. Anybody do that? pop a book in, listen, we'll just read a while and then we'll stop and we'll just talk and I can feel the Holy Spirit just speaking to us and leading us. On occasion, I could feel the grace of the Lord as the Lord saved us, you know? We drove in rain and wind all the way from Kentucky all the way to Virginia Beach. At times, you know, we were looking at one time and Diana looked, she said, isn't it interesting how the clouds and the mountains are everywhere else but it's just not where we're driving. And then we drove into a cloud. And what we learned was sometimes he raises the cloud. Sometimes he drives us through the clouds. Somebody almost run into you. We're listening. We're worshiping. Certain songs we just play over and over and over again. Just, just keep, I'm going to repeat that. You got to have that kind of music in your car so you can stop letting them control it and you control it. But I just over and over, just listening to the word of God. What's God saying? Thinking about the church, thinking about the people. God, what are you going to do? How are we going to build momentum at Freedom Fellowship? How, what do you want us to say? What do you want us to do? Should we continue on this track? Is this your message? And Holy Spirit just continues just reaffirming over and over and over and over and over again. I'm telling you, I need the Holy Spirit driving down the road. We're sitting in, sitting in the funeral of my cousin this week. She's 53 years old and died rather suddenly. And she, we were the baby cousins, you know. Anybody grow up as the baby cousins? There were three of us that were the baby cousins for a long time. My cousin Debbie, my cousin Lisa, and, and myself. And Lisa was the babyest, you know, because I'm not 53. She was going to turn 54 in April. And we're just learning to play and that sort of thing. I'm sitting there, and I'm watching what the Holy Spirit is doing in the family. 
because I know that she had some rough times that the Holy Spirit had led her through and walked her through. How many of you are just going through some junk right now? Wave at me if you've just been going through some junk. Wave at me if you've had a leak in the tire. Anybody? Wave at me if you know what I'm saying. Wave at me. You see that? I want to pray with you and I want to pray with all of you. If you need the grace of the Holy Spirit to touch in some of the ways that I've mentioned in unity, if you need emotional grace, if you need physical grace, whatever you need from the Holy Spirit today, I want you to come. If in your marriage, in your family, you're struggling, come. You might say, well, you know, I'm not married. Maybe you need to grab your kids by the hand, okay, and bring them on down. Or you just need to come alone. Whatever you need, I'd like you to come and just stand with me. Don't anybody leave yet. This is not a dismissal, but I'd like for you to come and just stand with me. Those, a lot of you lifted your hands. I want you to come. I'm not going to knock anybody over. Just, just want to pray with you. Just want to pray with you. Come and stand up front with me. Somebody praise God for the word today. Let's praise him for the word. Squeeze all the way across. Help people get on down. Help, help them get all the way down. I got a tight aisle. We've been trying to get more seats in and get. How many appreciate the leg room in the facility? Anybody appreciate? All right. My wife walked through this building and made sure everybody had leg room personally. All right. So, talk about a helper. <laughs> Squeeze on in. Squeeze on in, if you would. Squeeze on in. Squeeze on in. There we go. There we go. That's you. All right. This is not going to be that complicated. Everyone in the room, I want you to lift your hands like, look at me, look at me. Lift your hands like this. Emery was playing Fill My Cup, and it's a song about the woman at the well. Anybody know the song? Like the, like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard my Savior saying, draw from my well that never shall run dry. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and fill this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, fill it up. Make me whole. I'm glad that you've received some information that might change you. But as you hold your hands up right now, I want you to say this and I want you to get used to saying this. All right? When I say used to it, I don't want it to become commonplace. I want you to do this regularly. I want you to do it every morning. I want you to do it in the middle of crisis. I want you to do it in order to overcome conflict. Conflict with your children. Conflict in your marriage. I want you to stop. Hold your hands up and say this. Are you ready? Three words. Ready? Come Holy Spirit. Just close your eyes and be in this moment of reception. Everyone in this room, please. Close your eyes, hold your hands up in a receptive way like you are that woman at the well and you have a bucket in your hand and it happens to be your heart. And Jesus has come by your well, your situation, your brokenness and he knows everything about you. He knows all your failures, all your successes. He's standing there at the driveway and you're ashamed and you just drove in. And you're going to say, am I going to accept his love? Am I going to accept his presence or am I going to reject it? And now you say those three words. Say it to him again. Come, Holy Spirit. Say it again. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask you according to your word and according to your promise. Because you say this promise is for you and your children. And all those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. We feel your calling. We stand here. We have confessed. Let's do this together. Let's clarify our salvation. Say it, Lord Jesus. I believe in you. 
I believe that you are the Son of God, the Messiah, that you died on the cross for me. I believe in my heart that you have been raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. I welcome you into my life. Raise me from the dead. Heal the brokenness in my life. Come, Holy Spirit. Heal my home. Heal my brokenness. Give me unity. Give me comfort. Give me wisdom. Give me vision for the future. Now, while your eyes are closed, I want you to see. Let the Holy Spirit show you. While your eyes are closed, let the Holy Spirit show you some things that are next. Some of you say, I got a blank. Some of you are saying, no, I see that. So, and listen, don't just say this is wishful thinking. It's not just wishful thinking. Look what God's about to do. Now tell him, say, thank you, Holy Spirit. I receive this. In Jesus' name. Now lift your hands and now let's praise God for the Holy Spirit. Praise Him. Come on, let's all praise Him. Praise you, Holy Spirit. Praise you, Father. Thank you. Listen. The Holy Spirit is better for you than Jesus and His body. That's what Jesus said. It's better for you that I go away because if I don't go away, Holy Spirit will not come. But if I go away, I'll pray the Father and I'll send Holy Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, are not alone. I want you to just gently lay your hand on somebody nearby you. Would you do that all around the room? I want you to take the next couple of minutes and I want you to pray in agreement because if two or three of you agree touching anything, it shall be done by my Father. So this is done. Your families are going to be whole. You're going to start using the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Your families, your homes, you're going to find peace where there was not peace. And I say in Jesus' name, be healed in your body. Be healed in your body. Be healed in your body. Be healed in your mind. Be healed in your heart. In Jesus' name. Pray, pray, pray for one another. Out loud, pray out loud. Sing, Emery. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Father, we give you thanksgiving for what you have said and what you have done from the beginning to the end of this service. We praise you, we honor you, we glorify you. Now, Lord Jesus, I send these people out in the power of the Spirit to win their homes, to win their families, to heal their marriages, to heal their children, to, to, to bring life and faith to their places of business. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would be glorified in our lives as you fill us with your Spirit and use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord lift his face upon you and be gracious to you. You continue to pray as you want for one another. When you choose, you can be dismissed. And if you're new, please meet me in the Welcome Center and come on into my office for a few moments. God bless you all. God bless you all. Praise you, Jesus.